With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to be with Axel Kirchstetter, who is VP Product Marketing and Sales Enablement at EIS. Uh, hi, Axel. How are you doing? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about EIS? Well, thank you. Fantastic to be here. Appreciate uh, the invite. EIS is a software company for the insurance sector. And so uh, we provide software that allows insurance carriers to have a, a policy administration system, uh, which essentially is allowing them to create policies, claims management, benefits, and all everything around the administration of an insurance policy. It's kind of, whenever I colloquially explain this to friends and family, I also say, it's a bit like the ERP for the insurance service-based business, so slightly different to manufacturing, but essentially it's the backend, end-to-end, including front-end uh, tools and functionalities uh, for the entire insurance uh, sector. Great. And uh, you are the VP Product Marketing and Sales Enablement. How, how did you came to this position? So the company recently received, well, recently, about a year ago, received a major investment for funds with the specific goal of building out its sales and marketing uh, and go-to-market functionality. And uh, one of the missing pieces, um, uh, it didn't really have a, a product or solutions marketing engine. So that's one part of the role. And then the other part, um, and this is really me saying, hey, I've kind of done this product and solution stuff for quite a while. What else do you need? Um, is really sales enablement uh, adding on to that as well. So as the sales team, the channel organization is growing globally, they need to be uh, better enabled with better processes, uh, industry knowledge, uh, competitive knowledge. Uh, and so I've taken that on as my additional uh, 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 chapter and, and, and uh, responsibility set as well for, for the company. And all those these two roles combined together, is it uh, natural or it's... Uh... Yeah, the, the natural overlap, uh, certainly early days is really to, uh, have all of the content, which product marketing typically produces around, um, how uh, our stuff works, what is relevant in the industry in terms of trends, what the competition is up to, which is typically owned by product marketing, pricing, packaging, differentiation, all that sort of soft storytelling information, and then transferring that knowledge to sales. So that's a common, uh, step. Next level on for that is obviously um, helping sales to be more efficient in terms of the actual uh, sales process discipline, how to enter stuff into uh, the systems, into Salesforce, uh, how to do call calling, all that sort of stuff, which then moves on to being a bit more sales process specific. And uh, I'm not one of those people that, you know, uh, is religious about it's with me and I'll own for the rest of my life. Uh, at some point, uh, this could easily be transferred to a sort of revenue operations function or directly into sales. But initially in terms of getting going, it makes a lot of sense 
for uh, sales enablement to sit with product marketing, where a lot of the knowledge is currently located. And it's about unlocking that knowledge to, uh, to make sales uh, more competent in front of customers and more effective uh, in front of, um, in, in terms of their ability to make their, their quota. Great. And we wanted to discuss about, um, even more loudly about revenue enablement and all the, and all, all the different motions coexist between product led growth, sales led growth, service relationships. Uh, could you make us all this term being clearer and how do you make them coexist? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I've been, as I. You know, first of all, setting up this function and hiring for people. I've had to spend a lot of time, uh, educating myself, evangelizing internally, uh, in terms of what roles and responsibilities are. And, and one of the things I spent a lot of time on is really thinking through the distinction of enabling sales. So that's a function of sales, uh, capital S versus the other uh, functions that touch on ultimately what sales does bring in revenue. Uh, and so, um. Very close to that is then a distinction between sales enablement, so only enabling the sales team, direct sales usually, versus the wider channel organization. So uh, we also have a system integrator team or partner team that needs to be enabled. We have a BDR team that needs to be enabled, so the business development, sales development representatives, um, somewhat marketing enabled on the same mes message as well. So that's just channel enablement. And as you uh, stretch it out even further, um, this is only within the sales and marketing domain, but you also have, um, uh, uh the customer success organization. So, uh, post sale, there's still that ongoing maintenance and success that needs to be enabled as well. Ideally, same message, uh, same company positioning. So that there's a consistent story over time. And that's kind of where revenue enablement is, uh, is heading, uh, as opposed to sales enablement, that's only aimed at the function. And the difference here is. Um, service teams, so especially customer success, for example, typically have different processes. They have different systems that they utilize. And part of enabling is also making sure that as you come and join a company and a, a new employee is they actually know how to use those systems, how the process works, which elements it impacts, uh, from there, you also have competency elements, et cetera. At this point, I'm purely focused on, uh, enabling the channel. So not just sales, but all of my channel participants, but at some point, you know, we can easily expand the responsibility also to include all touch points on the revenue journey. Uh, for you, enablement is, uh, training tools, uh, messaging, what else? Process, um, so simple things like how to enter information into a system so that everyone has a single system overview. Um, it's also representing, uh, the sort of reverse. So one thing is what, uh, we want to inform the customer, but it's also in, uh, informing the channel organizations, what the customer wants to let us know. So tickets they're raising, um, uh, uh touch points they've had in terms of uh, information they've downloaded, what kind of events they've attended. So pretty much all of the uh, information and, and passing that knowledge back to the, uh, to the sales teams, back to the channel organization. So that if we have a partner led event, for example, that, uh, we inform the, uh, channel organizations before or after the fact, well, both before and after the fact that there has been a touch customer or prospect touch point to, uh, allow them to be successful, bring together all of their knowledge and making sure that whoever is going to be. Uh, informing and leading the discussion has the same information as everybody else. Great. Um, 
he wanted to to uh, express us the difference between the uh, relationship uh, I don't remember the term as uh, and uh, service uh, yeah and I forgot the time sorry for my English <laughs> no problem. yeah so in in terms of um, go to market methods um, you know in the last sort of two three years product led growth has become the oh everyone needs to be product led growth but when you take a step back there are other uh, mechanisms to foster growth. And I think what product-led uh, has introduced is actually, uh, depending on what you do, is not a, a, a binary option in terms of you must do either product-led or something else, but it's, you know, it's really multiple things that you can do. And, and, and I think there is probably six ways that growth can occur. Talk about product-led, talk about sales-led, so the traditional, you know, you're a salesperson and, and, uh, uh, and I know that, you know, we're obviously on a podcast here, which is the classical inbound marketing. So, uh, marketing led growth, which is ultimately what, uh, what this is all about. And then the other three to think about as well, are uh, service led growth. So, um, that is of the fact of, of the back of a service, you'd need an ongoing growth mechanism. So provide someone with better service. They'll keep coming back. Uh, simple things like, um, you know, a marketing agency, if you know that they're any good, you keep asking, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Then you sort of keep growing. It's the same equivalent of product led, except that it's on the service level. Uh, and then the other two, are the relationship led growth and, um, uh, community. So relationship, uh, cause we're talking about sales enablement. There's not much you can do to enable that Alter either you have a relationship or you don't relationship, meaning I know someone that X and then you're trying to foster that, that, that relationship all the time. And community is obviously you participate in a community of, let's say, sales and labor professionals. You mentioned the trust, oh, I'm working with this company and we're talking about these sort of methodologies. And off the back of that, you sort of have that community effect of, well, I am a member, so I should probably do something to participate and I'm buying uh, off the back of that. And I know, uh, as you probably have seen in the last sort of uh, two, three years, the big explosion of all of these uh, communities, uh, alliances and so forth, which is really off the back of uh, this sort of notion. Uh, so those are kind of the six uh, uh, growth mechanisms that exist. And we're talking about, you know, sales or revenue enablement, whatever. And depending on which growth mechanism you choose, you do have to adjust and adapt how you enable ultimately the sales or selling effort. Uh, so, you know, talking about inbound the marketing piece, well, there isn't much to do because a lot of it is automated. So um, it kind of falls away product-led uh, uh, and or service-led, which similar product or service, just a different element. Um, you then take the information of the touch points, what's been developing, and you inform the, the seller, the relationship manager, of this is what's happened and here's how to adjust and adapt according to the uh, uh, elements that we have. It's about optimizing the packaging, optimizing the pricing, informing where the value point sits. Uh, and so I could go on, but the point here is really one of, um, according to your go-to-market method, you do have to adjust and adapt how you enable the uh, revenue sales uh, function on the on the front end. And this is very complete. So there is one that I, I still need to dig into it just to understand it better. It's a relationship-led growth. What do you mean by this one? Yeah, so relationship is really one of um, if if you happen to be buddies with uh, uh, the, you know, someone in, in, in higher political powers or, uh, at the very top echelon of a company, that's a relationship that you have. You went to the same school, you studied in the same field, 
uh, you can foster that relationship. There's a trust element, which doesn't require that much. Here's the product. Here's the brand. No, but here's Axel and Gabriel. We are buddies. We, uh, both speak French. We know each other and there's a relationship and off the back of that relationship, you can keep introducing more and more, uh, sales touch points. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of M and A work is being done off the back of, well, we already have a relationship from buying the same stuff from us for the past 20 years. So let me buy another company and push it down the same channel. Um, and obviously because you have a relationship, you hope they're just going to buy off you. Um, and, and your network is large enough to, 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 to have this motion to be, uh, wide enough to develop a company or it's really for the start. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. There's also uh, a company size, timing, growth, uh, uh, stages to, to factor in. Um, and look, I, I, I personally don't have that much experience with that relationship based sale, but I know that in the earlier stages, company founders, you, you start with your network, right? Um, who you, who you've worked with in the past, uh, which networks you're part of, and you try to, uh, use those relationships to foster and grow that, uh, initial sale. And then to your point, uh, as it goes to, you know, beyond the founder, beyond that sort of initial touch point of who do I know and, and what can I, uh, exchange with them and you need to have a better process. You can either keep churning those relationships out. So new sales contact, old one out that you try to, or yeah, you do need to move to a, uh, possibly service led growth or product led, uh, uh, sales led growth motion that gives you that sort of, um, uh, next, uh, next level up. And, um, within EIS, what type of motion use? Yeah, we have, um, it's really a, a sales led direct sales led motion. Um, I think the one thing to point out for us is it's both direct and indirect. So partner organizations are critical for us, uh, both from a perspective of informing us what's happening in the market, as well as promoting us. Um, you know, the, the, uh, we sell, uh, multi-million ticket items. Um, and so it is all about that mix between direct sales combined with relationships, but those are pragmatic relationships based on, Hey, you are at AWS, you are at Azure, you are at Ernst Young, PwC, and, and, you know, we know each other, um, trusted, uh, relationship. It's not quite the same as we went to the same school. Therefore let's talk more. Um, so that's kind of the difference. Great. Um, we are almost at the end of the podcast. Do you, do you want to add something before we finish and we have the last questions? Um, maybe I, you know, whenever I do sort of podcasting, it's worth pointing out. We are growing, we have money, we are growing, especially on the, um, sales and, and, and marketing side. So, uh, if anybody wants to check out the website, it's eisgroup.com, a whole bunch of opening positions, um, not just on the sales and marketing, but also on the technical side. So, um. Just wanted to add that as a, uh, last point. Great. And also if, if some people want to contact you, can you share with us your, your contact information and way to contact you? The easiest way is probably via LinkedIn. Um, my, uh, handle is AXLKI. So whatever LinkedIn backslash and AXLKI, uh, alternatively, my email address is akerstetter at eisgroup.com. And, uh, I try to respond to all of the inbound requests within 48 hours. Um, but helpful to know where you found me, saw me, heard me so I can you know that Gabriel know how successful his podcast is. 
Thanks a lot, Axel. And last question, uh, do you have a chance to discover SelfDeck? What do you think of the product and the solution? I think the product is really a bit of a category changer for the sales enablement function. Typically, uh, you take static information and you inform, train people off the back of, uh, of that. I think one of the exciting things here is that you can adapt the story, the message, according to the context of the conversation. Uh, and I think it brings together, you know, two sort of separate areas of sales enablement tools, functionality with content management functionality. So some of the uh, functionality exists for, hey, uh, pick your own journey, but it's always static and here it becomes conversational. So I'm really excited to see how the salesdeck.io journey is going to evolve. What I've seen is really quite uh, game-changing for any sales professional, but also sales and professional. Thanks a lot, Axel. It was a pleasure. This episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. Join us twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback. Share the show and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episode. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team efficiency and sales readiness, enable remote management, and vamp sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prep customer meetings. Thanks a lot, Axel. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Gabriel, for having me. Appreciate it.